Okay, I want to do something today. I want to try to run through uh, some, some important things from my book, God, Why? Now, we've talked about it already a bit. It's, it's a comprehensive book, so hopefully you'll get it and read it and keep it in your shelf for reference next year because you're going to need it. But I want to run through some things because if we can't understand God properly, it will compete with our love for him. Honestly, if you can't understand God properly, it will compete with your love and your faith toward him. And he'll become more of a distant observer in your life. It'll feel like that. Or a harsh taskmaster, which many Christians live with. So every hardship they go through, God, why are you doing this to me? You'll have question after question if you can't understand God properly and understand this new covenant properly. That would be understanding the cross, Jesus Christ, and the kindness that has appeared from God toward us. That in the ages to come, he might show unto us the exceeding greatness of his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. It's what he wanted all along. You and I can expect kindness from God and goodness from God and not harshness and punishment from God. The Old Testament, everybody's shortcomings meant punishment of some sort. Now shortcomings don't mean that. You got to understand these things. It's a lot to talk about. Uh, and rather than shut the door on learning the truth with God is in control or opening the wrong door with God is testing me, he's trying me, he's punishing me, he's rather than, rather than those, let's go find out. Yes. Let's go find out what the Bible says. Let's go establish why would bad things happen to people? Why does evil still touch people's lives? If God's so good, why does he allow? Let's go find out. Let's go find out the reasons why bad things or calamities or tragedies or suffering happens, even to sometimes Christians. Why? There's answers for it. And none of the answers are because God wanted it to. First reason we've already discussed, first reason for bad things happening is because of the sin-infected world, period. Nothing wrong, no suffering would ever have happened if Adam and Eve had not allowed sin to enter this life. They chose sin, it came in and destroyed things. Death came in and sickness came in because sickness is, is incipient death, meaning it leads to death. None of that was planned by God. It was never God's will to have sin or sickness in this life. Number two, lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Number three, because of the devil. These are reasons why bad things happen, because of the devil. You know that. Number four, because of the choice system. You have choices. The law of sin and death. There's, that's a reason why bad things happen. You chose some things that all of a sudden put you in a dangerous spot. And the, and the fifth reason is people ignore the voice of God. So I want to run through some examples of all these today. We'll do all five today. If you'll listen fast, we'll be done fast. If you listen slow, it's all your fault. So let, we've talked about number one uh, quite a bit. So let's move to number two. So number one is the glitch, the sin-infected world. It came because of our fallen, our fallen nature causes a lot of wrong things, just period. The earth, the whole world system is just kind of off tilt because of sin. That's why accidents happen. It's why weird stuff happens in the earth, storms, thorns and thistles. Lots of hurtful things happen just by accident because the world is off. Number two, because of lack of knowledge. God is an educator. Without education, you're at risk. Without education of God or knowledge of God, you're, you're at high risk. You know this, knowledge is power, isn't it? Knowledge is power. If you don't know that a red light means stop, you're at risk. If you don't know your math, okay, I won't, I won't go there. People say, what's, what's math good for? Well, if you don't know by now, not sure I want to look at your bank account. Even on the natural side, many people don't realize that water is the miracle drug. If your body's not hydrated, you're, you're going to have more health problems at some point. 
And children don't know that. Parents need to teach their children. That's just natural knowledge. Without knowledge, people suffer. Uh, you can go to the spiritual side. If I hadn't known when I was 12 years old that Jesus, by his stripes, I am healed, I couldn't have gotten here healed of the ear infection. So a 12-year-old would suffer if they don't know, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. How do I know that? Because mom gave me some knowledge of God. Kids suffer all the time in families everywhere because parents did not teach the child anything about God. If you don't know God's healing power is available for you today, you will not experience his healing power today. And then the, ten, the tendency is for people to react looking up. God, why did you, why didn't you, why, why, why? You didn't know a scripture. Nobody taught you the scripture. Simple as that. Simple as that is a reason why bad things happen to people. Lack of not knowing. I got bit by a snake when I was a kid. And I didn't really even know this, but mom said on the way to the doctor, uh, I was saying in the name of Jesus the whole way. Now, why was I doing that? Because mom had taught me the name of Jesus more powerful than anything. What if I had not? What about sin and temptation? If, if people don't know what a sin is, how are they going to resist it? If people don't know that all these thoughts toward twisted things are from the devil, if they don't know that twisted things are wrong, if they don't know what a twisted thing is, how are they going to resist it? They're not. They're going to take it in and decide that's me. Without knowledge of God's word, without knowledge of what's right and wrong, without knowledge of what God wants in this life, without knowledge of holiness, without knowledge of Jesus, without knowledge of God himself, without knowing how to honor this my heart's cry for a creator. Without knowing anything, I just go with the flow. And that's what's happened to so many families is they just go with whatever thoughts they have. And then they grow up to be adults. Children grow up to be adults who think this is the way it is because that's how I've always thought. They don't realize they were highly affected by things other than God. <clears throat> Lack of knowledge plays no favorites. If you don't know, you're at risk. No matter who you are, where you were brought up, what country you live in, if you don't know, you're at risk. People in other countries are at risk because they don't understand true Bible prosperity. We're trying to teach them. Same thing with Americans. But in America, have you realized that just being an American does not guarantee prosperity? No, even Americans are at risk because of what they don't know about God and true Bible prosperity. So we try to teach the, the churches over there, listen, don't look at America and think it's all prosperous. No, there's people, in, most of the people in America are worried about money just like you guys. You have to solve it by the word of God. Americans have to solve it by the word of God without knowing what God says about your money and how he will supply things for your life. And you don't have to worry, you'll worry. Amen. And you'll suffer because of it. Because if you're worried, God can't get involved and then you just keep suffering. And it's because you didn't know some things. It's not God's will. He didn't just pick America to be a prosperous place and other places to suffer. No, everybody in the whole world suffers because they don't have knowledge. I mean, how much is there to know? Isn't there a lot to know? Like, do you know that you don't have to have anxiety? The world doesn't know that. Their answer is go to the pills. Their answer is go to the psychiatrist. Their, their answer is Middle East meditation to get some peace in their life. But we found promise from the Bible that my righteousness with God gives me peace. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. That means I can have a wonderful, peaceful day, whether it's Memorial Day weekend or not. Hallelujah. How much there is to know. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. People suffer because they don't have a prayer language. They don't have the power of God. They don't know anything how to overcome the devil in this world. How about words? People don't understand the power of their words, but we know life and death are in the power of the tongue. Thought life. How important is your thought life? If you don't have anything to govern your thought life, you're at, you're at risk. High risk. Danger. 
led by the spirit. You got to learn how to be led by the spirit or you're in danger. You have to learn what live faith is versus dead faith. Lots of believers in God have faith. It's just dead. It gets no results. Then they question God. I have faith in God. I've heard some things. I have faith, but I've not acted on it. I'm not full of it. Therefore, it's dead. It's faith. It's just dead and sleepy. And dead faith gets nothing. It must come alive. Fully assured. When you're fully assured in faith, things change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Prayer, you got to learn some things about prayer. Your prayers will never work right. You got to learn how to pray effectively in faith or they won't work right. Lots of, lots of, I mean, hours of teaching you need on prayer if you're going to pray right. If you're going to have answers from heaven, you have to learn how to pray right. Hours and hours of teaching, hours and hours of the knowledge of God if you're going to pray right. Good word, good word. He'll have mercy on many people here and there, but by and large, he says, when are you going to learn? When are you going to learn? When are you going to follow my principles? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith affects the spirit world, but, but knowledge affects your faith. You can't have faith until you hear knowledge. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And then if you don't have faith, you can't affect the spirit world. The disciples said, oh, Jesus, increase our faith. And he pulled out his magic wand and he said, there you go. I'll give it to you, but not to you. I'll give it to some, but not the others. No, 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 he didn't, he didn't wave any kind of, he didn't do any kind of special prayer. He taught them something. They said, increase our faith and he taught them something. If you're going to have increased faith, you're going to have to learn. Uh, Second Peter here kind of sums it all up. Second Peter chapter one, verse three, as his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. How? How'd you get all things that pertain to life and godliness? Through the knowledge of him. So if you don't have the knowledge of him, you won't have all things that pertain to life and godliness. Who call us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious, precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Through the promises. You gotta know the promises before you can have the divine nature. Before you're gonna succeed in walking with God in godliness. You're going to have to have the promises. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn a lot. Glory. And don't, so don't let this idea of, listen, listen, listen. Well, they were so innocent. God, I just don't understand why you. Don't use innocence and neglect lack of knowledge. Don't, don't let lack, don't let they were so innocent trump lack of knowledge reason. They were so good though and so innocent and I know that they loved God. Don't use that as an excuse to override the lack of knowledge reason. A person who is perfect in life, holy, loving, and never did anything wrong compared to you. If they don't believe in divine healing by miraculous power from God, they won't get it. And they'll suffer and maybe die. Even though they were good, they were the best Christian in the whole world. So you can't override the fact that they were good. You can't override the fact that they did not know or not believe something about divine healing. But we do it all the time. It's like, I don't understand why God would stop saying that. Well, if God would, what, don't question God that way. First of all, you're not going to know the answers for somebody else's life. Even, even if you think you know them, you don't know them because you can't see inside their heart. You can't see what faith or fears were in there. You can't see what they were dealing with in their own conscience. So even if it looked like they prayed right, even if it looked like on the outside they were believing God, you, you don't know. And so you have to leave that with God. 
You have to go to the Bible and get your answers. And then for them, I don't know what happened there, but I know some possible reasons. But we're not here to judge other circumstances. So don't let that be your stimulator or your disappointment maker. Other people's stories have nothing to do with you and the Bible. Joni learned that faith and fear can't coexist. She knew the truth of God. She knew the promises of God, but she did not yet know how to override fear to make sure the demon left her room that time. In her book, Eliminate the Fear Factor, she describes it in detail. But finally, she recognized, you know what? I am done with, and then the demon left. Because her faith finally got to the place of overriding her fears. So you have to recognize where they conflict with each other. Be honest about it. These are spiritual matters. This is not just one magical button that happens from heaven. There's a story I like to tell from Mark Barkley where he had been teaching on the name of Jesus and the power through the name of Jesus. And one of his teenage ladies in the church was at home one night. She was in the bedroom upstairs and all of a sudden a man comes crawling through her window. And she sat up and flung the covers back and said, in the name of Jesus. And as soon as she said that, he took off, jumped out the window and ran off. What if she hadn't known about the name of Jesus? She'd have suffered. Humans suffer all the time because they don't know stuff. The rest of the story is that the cops came. They called the cops. The cops came. They found the guy. He was hiding in the bushes down the street naked. They arrested him. The question was, how did they find him? Because they followed his clothes all the way to the bushes. They said, why'd you take off all your clothes? He said, he said the biggest man I've ever seen was chasing me out of that house. And he said, and this man wasn't after me on the outside. I could tell he was after me on the inside. And all, I didn't know what to do. All I could do was shed my clothes. Now, I don't have a lot of theology for that last part. But I can tell that the angel of God got involved. And he'll grip you on the inside. Why'd that happen? Why do we even have a fun story to tell? Because somebody learned something. I think all of you need to make your own stories. Now, I pray that no, nobody tries to come through your window, but you don't have to worry about that if you know the name. You don't, you don't have to worry about those things if you know the name. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. God is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of church denominations. He's no respecter of anything but faith. And faith requires knowledge. Hallelujah. Jesus said, you got to hear my commandments and keep them if you want to be a wise man. The wise man heard these sayings of mine and kept them and he built his house on the rock. If you don't hear and you don't do then you're the, the foolish man who built his house on the sand. People's lives are crumbling because they had no knowledge. <clears throat> Proverbs 28 verse 9 says this, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction. Now listen to this. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. Uh, the other translation says, if anyone turns their ear from hearing the law or the word, their prayer is an abomination. Do you realize that there's millions of people praying without knowledge of God? Unsaved people praying. Their prayers don't even reach the, the clouds. Did you know that God didn't hear every prayer? He could if he wanted. He doesn't hear prayers that aren't going to reach There's scripture for that. I don't have time to go through all of it. How about this one? If, uh, Hebrews eleven six. Then if anyone comes to God, he must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder 
of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That disqualifies most people. You got to know this. You got to know that if you're going to get rewarded by God, you better diligently seek. We're not talking about drive through fast food praying. All right, let's move on to the devil. Everyone want to talk about the devil today? Okay, if you want to talk about the devil, just take a look at your foot, the bottom of your feet. Let's, rem- let's remind ourselves where the devil is. He's right in, right in our feet. One year we got all the church members to, to write out scriptures on a piece of tape and put them on our feet so the devil could read them. People say, if you don't watch out, God's going to get you. No, 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 no. That's not scriptural. Don't raise your children that way. You're raising them without the Bible. You're raising them in fear. You're raising them wrongly. It's not if you don't watch out, God's going to get you. It's if you don't watch out, the devil's going to get you. Meaning, if you don't watch out in the way you're doing things and making choices, you're going to step outside the protection of God and the devil's going to eat your lunch. I mean, it's amazing how when something bad happens, people go on and on about how God did this and that and this and that and allowed this and allowed that for, and never once mentioned the devil. Well, I just, I don't know why God allowed, I guess he, I guess he allowed it so that I, I guess, I guess because, you know, the one good thing happened, I guess God stopped that. I mean, entire books have been written on suffering and never once mentioned the devil. That's an abomination to God. That's not right. You're blaming, you're blaming our father. Somebody's blaming our father for things he had nothing to do with. Praise the Lord. If you don't know your enemy, you can't fight your enemy or resist your enemy. The devil is the killer. Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And then the contrast is Jesus said, but I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly. Jesus gives life more abundantly the devil steals and kills. So don't ever blame stealing and killing on God. I mean, it doesn't take much common sense to recognize that. Jesus came to give you life. Stop blaming God. You gotta, we gotta tell the world to stop blaming God for suffering and tragedy, questioning God for everything. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Y'all are doing pretty good. We're gonna finish today. Think of all the devil stuff that people need to understand this, that the devil, he's the sickness bringer. He's the accident causer. For some accidents, he would be the causer, not all. Sometimes it's just because two humans got a little ridiculous and tried to occupy the same spot in the road at the same time. No devil involved, just two humans not doing the right thing all the time. Twisted sin, hate, it's all from the devil. Deceived families, deceptions from the devil. Many governments are run by the devil uh, because the people in those governments are run by the devil. Terrorists are obviously demonized. Depression is demonic. All phobias are demon-driven. False religions are all created by the devil. Devil possession, devil oppression. The devil is the liar and the father of it. He'll lie about the the least significant thing in your life, and he'll lie about the greatest thing. He'll lie about the bait that has a hook behind it. He'll lie about every single thing. He will always do the opposite of what God would prefer. He'll use half of a scripture that's from the Bible, and he'll twist the second half. The hook is the second half. The bait is the scripture. Don't let people twist scripture on you. you. If you hear something that sounds a little, wow, Ooh, uh, just pause, 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 come to church. Pause, pause go, go watch three-hour series on our, on our uh, online. Pause and come ask the question. Pause and go to a Christian that knows the Bible. Pause and read your Bible. Uh, look at 1 Peter here. 1 Peter chapter 5, it's just right there. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 
Be sober means be in your right mind and don't be uh, tipsy. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Wait, 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 what? Yes, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Who can he devour? The ones without knowledge. The ones who don't know he's the enemy. The ones who don't know he's there. You can't kill terrorists because you don't know they're there until it's too late. Same with the devil. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour. Who can he devour? Those who don't know the name of Jesus. Those who don't know the New Testament. Those who don't know faith toward God. Those who don't know the power of the Holy Ghost. Those who don't know they have authority over the devil. Those who don't know verse nine. Resist him. Resist the devil. Steadfast in the faith. Resist him for what? Resist him for his lies. Resist him when he's trying to deceive you. Resist the devil when he's trying to tempt you. Resist the devil when he's trying to make you sick. Resist the devil when he's giving you twisted thoughts that aren't of God. Resist him when he's trying to make you depressed. Resist him when he's bringing up your past. Resist him when he's bringing up. But if you don't know to resist those thoughts, you're going to allow them in. You're going to suffer. And then Christians even look up at God and say, God, what happened? You didn't protect your thought life. You didn't resist the devil. You, you let yourself get swayed in your heart and it drove you the wrong direction. Do you know that when the devil scares you about things in your life that are dreadful maybe, that do you, do you know that he's trying to hook you? And if he can get you scared about the little things, he'll cause deep fear to take root in you. Didn't come from God. God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. Anything that goes against love and power and sound mind is of the devil, but you gotta know that, then you gotta resist him. You cannot let yourself get depressed. You cannot let yourself get oppressed. You cannot let yourself get into fears and dreads about things. You cannot. Yeah, but my health is, I don't care. Go to a movie, shut up. Don't let yourself get into fears about your health. That's the first step toward sickness and premature death. Be smart, be wise, but don't let yourself get into fear. Do not let the devil drive you with lies. Before we go too far, maybe, Go to Luke 10, 19 so we can see the answer. You need some scripture to stand on. You need some scripture to empower you. You got to know the answers. You got to know the solutions. You got to know the secrets of overcoming. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You know, this, this lack of resisting is where unlearned people fail miserably. Parents who have no Bible knowledge no godly wisdom to teach their children and prepare their children for really the soon and coming twisted things that the devil's about to bring them. It's parents' job to make sure those children are protected until the children know enough to protect themselves. I mean, Christian families gotta be careful. Christian families gotta be steadfast. Christian families have to be smart. Uh, but the devil remedy is right here. So Luke chapter 10, verse 19, behold, Jesus said, I give you the authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you got power over all the power of the devil, serpents and scorpions, meaning demons and forms of evil, suffering, whatever. Uh, so you have, you have authority over all the power of the enemy and, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So that means nothing can hurt you. And that means if it did hurt you, you just reverse it. Somehow let your faith say, you know what? Ah, that wasn't supposed to happen. So I'm fixing that. And then carry on and don't let anything else happen to you. Because nothing shall by any means hurt the believer because we have authority over the devil. It's like police officers that they need to know their authority that they can stop the criminal. Their badge and their gun is supposed to be able to stop the criminal. Of course.
course, these days it's a little weird, but the, the badge and the gun is supposed to be able to stop the criminal and they need to exercise their authority so the criminal uh, has to stop. This idea that criminals get to run off uh, is not exactly how it's supposed to be. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Uh, I tell this story from my, my mother told me this story. Uh, back in the, in the early days when she got filled with the Holy Spirit, she was doing a Bible study with some of the ladies in the neighborhood. And uh, one of them asked for prayer because their little baby was crying uncontrollably in the crib. And uh, they prayed for her. Then they went into the room and they saw the little mogul that was over the little baby's crib was demonic. New agey symbols and weird stuff. And they took that thing down and the baby was fine. How would you know that, though, if there wasn't a Christian around? Babies suffering, demons attacking, bothering, and then eventually one day oppressing or possessing. Demon influence happens because of people don't know. They, don't, they have lack of knowledge, and they don't know the devil's behind these things. It's all just innocent fun, like astrology. Oh, what's your sign? My sign is Houston Faith Church. My sign is born again. Don't be asking. Listen, if you're a believer, do not be messing with signs anymore. You might as well just forget what your sign is. Forget what month equals the whatever animal. That's, first of all, it's common sense ridiculous. Second, it's demonic. All fortune telling is of the devil. All new age stuff, symbols, practices is of the devil. It's of the devil. And it will open the door to the devil in your life. Yoga is of the devil. Came from the Middle East, honoring the sun god. The word yoga means yoke. We're supposed to be yoked to Jesus. Any other yoke is going to lead you to the devil. Yeah, but it helps me relax. No, 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 no. Middle East, Middle East meditation and relaxation happens by clearing your mind. Don't you dare clear your mind. You fill your mind with God's word. The devil loves a clean house. The devil loves a clean mind. But people don't know that. So they're playing around with this yoga stuff. And you can be rest assured when the world is promoting it, it's of the devil. And I'm going to stand here until you all agree. So it's a valid question. It's a valid question to ask. Somebody's having all this life trouble. Are you doing yoga? You can ask them. If you look into it, I mean, it doesn't take but about 10 seconds. Uh, okay, I'll give you two minutes to investigate yoga. and You'll think, oh, this is of the devil. The words, the reasons, everything behind it, the poses, the symbols, everything they're doing, it's of the devil. It's, it's nice and peachy on the outside. Deep down, it's rooted from the Middle East, from Buddhism and Hinduism. And it's killing people. All the Harry Potter. Uh... All that Harry Potter. Harry Potter sorcery. It's all fun and games until it's not. It's just a movie. It's just a book. Man, don't dabble in sorcery. Your kids get too interested in sorcery and vampires and zombie apocalypse and stuff. It's going to damage them. It'll, it's an open door every single time for as long as they're doing it. You got to recognize the devil's behind this stuff. Even all the good witches. But I'm doing good things. All rituals from the Mormons, the Masons, all the cults, all rituals in the name of getting spiritual or going into the spirit or doing something spiritual are of the devil. How do you know it's of the devil? Anything done without the name of Jesus to get into the spirit is of the devil. If Jesus is not glorified in a real way, it's of the devil. After something supposedly happens, if Jesus was not mentioned, it's of the devil. Every time. 
How do you know, Pastor? I mean, because Jesus said, I'm the door. If you don't go through him, you don't get into the right spirit. Oh, but we did it in the name of God. Without Jesus, wrong spirit. You cannot circumvent Jesus to get to God. Nobody can. Final scripture, 10. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy here. This verse 24, 2 Timothy 2, 24. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach and patient. Being gentle doesn't mean timid and weak, quiet. Verse 25, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. King James says, who oppose themselves. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken, taken captive by him to do his will. We have to recover ourselves from the devil's snare. How? By acknowledging truth. By acknowledging truth. And this whole idea of God granting them repentance is for those who have an honest heart. If you tell somebody what they're doing, you know, that's demonic, you need to quit. If they say, no, it's not, they're not granted their repentance. You don't have to argue with them. Be gentle, humility, correct them if you can. But the one that says, really? That's the one who has a pliable enough heart for God to grant the repentance to. He knows whose heart's open and whose heart's not. Everybody can repent if they want to repent. He knows who wants to. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, then people ask the question, doesn't the devil attack Christians more? Does the devil attack Christians more? Some people have gone so far as to say, if you get saved, the devil's really going to start attacking. That's not scriptural. The devil attacks everybody. The, the lion's walking about seeking anybody to live in, to eat their lunch, to disturb them, to ruin them. When you become a Christian, he's after you less. He used to be in the house, now I'm saved and born again, he's out. Don't ever make that mistake to say the devil's after you more because you're a Christian. The hospitals are filled with non-Christians and Christians. I know it's challenging half of you because the Half of the pulpits are saying this. Now, the devil hates everybody. He wants to kill everybody. He's after everybody. Amen. The only extra thing the devil does with Christians is when you hear the word, he tries to give you doubts about it. He's about to lose you, so all of a sudden now, he's having you question what you just learned or pluck the seed out. But he's not attacking more when you get saved. He's attacking less. Why? Because believers have authority over him. As soon as you learn that, he'll be after you less. But if I do something big for God, the bigger devils are coming after me. Well, they didn't get Billy Graham. They're, the closer you get to God, the more glorious life becomes. The easier it is to overcome trouble and the less trouble you actually have, the closer you walk with God. You'll be able to overcome every adversity and every demon if your faith grows and you're close to God. All right. Y'all are way behind now, but that's okay. Number four is the law of sin and death. It's the choice system. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, God said, I call heaven and earth to witness today against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. So life is all about a choice. You have to acknowledge that your life today is a result of all the choices you've made up until now, good or bad. Now, on one hand, if your life is bad, it's bad. But on the other hand, your life can get better if you can start today. So choices do determine your life. <clears throat> like, 
you know, why, why did, you know, all this war and catastrophe, why does God allow that? Well, because people make choices. They dropped the, the bomb on Japan. It was tragic and everybody hates that story. And it did end the war, but everybody hates the story. Why did that happen? It happened because uh, Japan's government made a stupid decision to get involved with the war. The governments of many countries cause suffering for their own people. Human choice can cause suffering for other people. And because of this world's fallen system and sin, God allows choices to be made. But the calamity after the fact is not God doing it. Even if you chose sin, it's not God that's saying, bam, now because you sinned. No, Jeremiah 2 verse 19 says, your own wickedness will correct you and your own backslidings will rebuke you. You doing the wrong thing will be the correction itself. That's why we say God didn't put you in prison to fix you. You put yourself there and now you're upset about it. And now you're repenting. Your own backsliding and stupidity put you there. Galatians 6 says, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So yes, you start planting seeds that are bad, it's going to grow. If you drink Cokes all day, every day for 20 years, diabetes is going to show up at your door. You got to be wise about doing stuff. If you lie all your life, even as a Christian, you're going to find that your heart is contaminated and your faith is weak. These are results of you sinning. If you don't forgive someone, you'll see the devil sneak in eventually, ruin your life. You toy with astrology, fortune telling, garbage like that, reading palms, playing games, Ouija boards, you'll see demons enter and mess up your kids. If you never deal with your love of money and your stinginess, you'll never experience God's prosperity. And you'll watch your finances remain pretty much at the zero level or under. These are all choices. Pride is a choice. You have a choice to humble yourself or stay inflated. Pride goes before the fall. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Those are choices that he honors. It's not God stripping you of your pride. You go, people go through calamity. And I've heard this before in my own ears. God's stripping me of my pride. No. No, you should have humbled yourself long ago, yes. But it's the devil who is now eating thine lunch. <clears throat> Even if you've planted sin seeds, if you're an honest Christian, if you're a sincere Christian, if you're really trying to walk with God, even if you have messed up and keep planting sin seeds, if you'll repent, if you'll turn to God, if you'll expect his forgiveness and mercy all the time and live a life like this, you can pluck those seeds up so you don't have to have the harvest from your stupidity. There's a lot of space to repent. So just because you blew it the last 10 years doesn't mean you have to reap the harvest from it. Why? Because we have Romans 1, 8, 1 and 2. That the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from this law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So by faith, by faith, pluck up those sin seeds sown. By faith, you don't have to take the repercussion from yesterday's sin. That's a big difference from the Old Testament. The Old Testament, it was obey and be blessed, disobey and be cursed. Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse part. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, which was the Deuteronomy 30, I set before you life and death, choose life. He's redeemed us from the negative part. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. So the curse was there to punish disobedience, but now the curse part is gone. So you're not punished for your disobedience yesterday or the day before. Who's glad that you're not punished for last month? Aren't you glad you weren't punished for the car ride over here? Just teasing. 
It's the reason. The reason is Christ redeemed us from that law of sin and death. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. And that's why you do have to move through the cross and get over in the New Testament. Because in the Old Testament, God was primarily viewed as a judge in a courtroom. He's still a judge in a courtroom, but now he relates to us through Jesus Christ as a father in the family. That's a big difference. We've talked about that a lot. And then the fifth reason here for bad things, why all bad things happen. The reason why all bad things happen is people ignore the voice of God. God is speaking, but are you listening? He's always trying to warn you of impending danger, help you take the right path, stop you from making the dumb decision. But are you listening? Do you know how to listen? There's many hours of instruction that we like to give on how to be led by the Holy Spirit, how to hear the voice of God, how to know if God is talking. You got to know these things, but it does take several hours. We'll do that another time. But if you don't hear God, you're going to miss the warning. You're going to miss the green light for some things and not get the blessing. You're going to remain in condition that you're in if you can't hear God's voice. But only saved people are going to hear it. I know there's a, there's a few exceptions. Only saved people can actually hear the voice of God. Only true saved people who are walking with Jesus can actually be led by his spirit and hear his voice. Sure got quiet in here. But this is a reason why bad things happen. So when something goes wrong, don't, don't think, oh, how come God left? How come God didn't? How come God? He probably did. He, he probably did say something. He probably did try to stop you. He probably did try to stop you from making that bad business deal or quitting your job at the wrong time or whatever. What if our letting God be God included him wanting to be God by speaking instructions to us when he wants to? People say, just let God be God. Everything that happens, is good. Whatever, God, whatever happens is God's will. If that's the case, and that's how some Christians want to live, whatever happens is God's will. If that's the case, why pray ever? Why ever make a request? Why ever? Just let it, let it play out. And at the end say, well, God's will. Why pray? Why ever pray if our prayer didn't matter? Why ever pray if our faith didn't matter? Why ever pray if what I know is a promise from God did not matter? If it doesn't matter, I just pray, not pray. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blessing of God requires hearing his voice. Succeeding in life and ministry or anything that you do requires hearing his voice. A lot of the time, he's going to protect you by speaking to you. Why do people go through tragic accidents? I don't know. A lot of times it's because they, didn't, they weren't sensitive enough to God's voice and they didn't pull the car over when the Spirit prompted them. Other times, they did pull it over at the right time and he saved them. One time I was at the stoplight and, and it turned green. And I, I felt restrained in my spirit. And I'm sitting there at the green light thinking, what am I? Wham! Here comes a car screaming through the intersection, ran a red light. I thought, glory to God. But it does take a little bit of sensitivity and closeness to the Lord on a, on a daily basis for the rest of your life. So sometimes when things don't go right, we need to say, you know what, I, I know why. I, I probably missed a signal. I probably missed something from God. I, I didn't, some, something, I just, sorry about that, Lord. And then you get back on your feet and you trust him again. You walk closely again so that the next bad thing's avoided. <clears throat> Hallelujah. One time before the stock market crash of 2008, Joni had a, a simple little leading and a little word in prayer and she said something, she said, I think the economy, I think, she said, I hear from God that there's going to be a, a drop in the economy, shaking of the financial structure. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Well, we don't know when. It wasn't a specific instruction. I could have made a lot of money. The best way to not lose money when a stock market crashes is don't sell. 
Anyway. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. But a lot of this has to do with you learning how the Spirit speaks. And He speaks through your conscience. He speaks on the, in the inside that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And if you can't get familiar with the spirit of man on the inside of you and the voice of your conscience, then you're going to miss a lot of the warnings of God. I've experienced several things just like that and have many stories to tell about it. Uh, you don't want to have to learn that way. You want to learn with the good stuff. So get familiar with that voice on the inside and God will lead you into victory and help you avoid suffering. But not hearing God's voice. Ignoring God's voice is a reason why bad things happen to people. Nothing is just automatic because you're his child. Sorry. All right, praise the Lord. So there's your, there's your five reasons, five categorical reasons why bad things happen at all. And none of them are of God. None of them are because God wanted it to happen. None of them are because of the sovereignty of God. None of them are because God is in control they all have specific reasons, very spiritual reasons that you and I have to acknowledge in Scripture. Amen? Amen. These five categories cover 99.9% .9 of all tragic suffering. The exception cases are exceptions. We'll cover that another day. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is the Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.